Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the You Do Woo podcast, and I'm your host, Allison Cullen. I'm a mom with a background in business and counseling, but I've always been tapped into the more woo-woo side of everyday life. I'm here to take you on an exploration of your spirituality, give you helpful life hacks, help you on this evolution through motherhood, and give you a weekly dose of useful woo. If you need your cup filled, your mind expanded, and you want to increase your manifestation abilities at the same time, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. I'm super excited today because I have back to the podcast my good friend, Ashley, who was actually my first ever podcast guest back when we were Aligned Designs. I think it was literally like the second month that I had been recording. And if you want to go back and listen to that episode, I will link it in the show notes below because Ashley is the best person to learn about nutrition and holistic healing and all that kind of stuff from. That's what we talked about in our first episode. But Ashley is back now all the way with us from Costa Rica. And I'm just excited for her to share her story. She moved her family of four down to Costa Rica in late 2020. And they've just had like such a fun adventure and I'm going to put her Instagram below because you can go follow her and just be jealous of all her beautiful beach pictures and stuff like that. (laughs) But welcome back to the show, Ashley. So Ashley, sort of just introduce yourself and tell us how you decided to make the move to move your family because I know you have, you know, a husband and two young kids. Well, so my husband and I always wanted to kind of explore that option of living abroad. Our first child was not even two when we had our second child. And our two-year-old, our oldest child, kept asking to go to school. And we were like, oh, that's not kind of like part of our plan. I was staying at home with both kids. However, he just kept pushing the topic. And so we kind of explored options of things that he could learn that we couldn't teach him. And that was, at the time, a second language. So he started attending a Spanish immersion preschool. And as he just quickly, quickly started to learn the language, become fluent in the language, he's now like completely bilingual at almost seven years old. But my husband and I knew that if we wanted to keep the kids in Spanish, our daughter actually went one year prior to us moving to Costa Rica. But we knew that if we wanted to kind of keep the language that my husband and I would need to be able to speak Spanish as well. So the language aspect was a huge motivator, but also just a desire to kind of give our kids a simpler childhood, I guess, one that was deeply rooted in nature and a slower pace of life. I remember like they were in this unbelievable preschool in Dallas. They only spoke Spanish to the kids, but it was like, 20 minutes in traffic to get there and 20 minutes in traffic to go pick them up. And it was just like, we always felt like we were like racing around. 
And so I finished my nutrition certification and I started looking for herbalists in um, like really traditional, like elderly women, medicine women. And I actually found a herbalist in Costa Rica where we live near. I know I was going to say, did you find one in Dallas? I know that they exist. However, like I wanted like a true and real experience. Not that like someone living in the States is not true and real. I just wanted it deeply rooted in like indigenous culture and ancient remedies and wisdom. And I just happened to find a blog post that these people went to this medicinal farm and they spoke to this herbalist and they learned so much and they were really using kind of like farming techniques of anti-pesticides and all of the things that really resonated with my husband and I. And so they had brought up in this blog post that she had a daughter and that daughter spoke English and she had a farm to table restaurant, which she incorporated all of the herbs in her cooking. And so I reached out to her on Facebook. Like I found her and I was like, Hey, I'm a functional nutritionist. I'd love to like learn from your mother if I made it down to Costa Rica. And she was like, not only could you learn from my mom, but we have a three bedroom, two bath house on our property that you can rent out. And at this point, my husband was like, you're totally insane. Like, I can't believe you're like following this, you know, wormhole. But that's honestly how it happened. And we ended up moving into that three bedroom, two bath house with incredible ocean views. And we lived on a medicinal farm for four months. I ended up like going on all the medicinal tours that Doña Ida, the grandmother, would provide for people interested. And I ended up working in the restaurant of her daughter, Jasmine, and learning more in depth about medicinal herbs that you can just take every day to just boost your immune system or provide nutrients and things like that. I remember you telling me the first time, because so y'all moved the end of October 2020 or beginning of November 2020? Right. So we had plans on leaving the summer of 2020. And obviously the pandemic threw a wrench in that when every country started closing their borders. So when every country started closing their borders, Costa Rica was one of them. And they slowly towards the fall started opening their borders up to different specific states. And obviously Texas was like one of the last because we had the highest population of COVID, but Texas is a big state, right? So Texas, California, we were last. My husband and I said, okay, if we come October 15th, if we're unable to get to Costa Rica, then plan B is to move out to the country in Texas, buy some land, get, you know, deeper into permaculture and farming and just teach our kids a way of life that we are passionate about. However, like literally October 14th, they opened their borders to Texas and we left two weeks later. So we were in Costa Rica by November 2nd. So crazy. I remember at that time being like, okay, I'm so jealous. This is crazy. Like we have to do something. And that's actually when we started sort of planning are moved out to the country and stuff, which will happen in the next year or two. But I just remember being like, y'all are the first people I know in real life to go do this kind of thing. And not that there's anything wrong or bad with moving out to the suburbs. Like 
we have so many friends out in like Plano or Frisco and they're like, it's so nice out here and it's safe and blah, 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 you know, all the things. And I'm like, yes. And that to me feels like being in prison. It just does. And I don't know if maybe that's because I grew up that way. And while growing up that way, I had a great childhood and I don't know that I would go necessarily change anything, but with the way like technology is now and everything, I just like really want Caroline to have a different way of life. Here in Texas, it's so freaking hot during the summer. You can't really do a whole lot. And so no wonder kids are just on TV or their devices all the time. Like it's just really hard if there's not anywhere to go outside and everything. So y'all were our first friends to actually do that. And I'm so thankful. (laughs) It's shown my husband what is possible and that not everybody is doing the whole move to suburbia, work for 40 hours a week, do all those things like sort of trap that you can get in. And when that's fine for you, great, that's fine for you. For me, it's just not okay. It wasn't fine for us. I mean, we could have easily, I found myself really on that razor's edge where it was like, okay, we could continue where we're at. We could continue driving across town, dropping our kids off at this unbelievable school that we found However, like the cost of elementary compared to preschool was like also a deciding factor just because then it was like, okay, we're going to have to like increase our work hours just to like accommodate the cost of living that we see fit in the States. Costa Rica is like not cheap by any means. A lot of people come down here and they're like, oh, it's Central America and I'm paying like $20 for a meal. That's reality. However, I feel like there's just such a better balance. Costa Rica in particular, they really value family. And a lot of times you'll see people that have their businesses, whether they have a restaurant or they're a lawyer or whatever it may be. And they have that like as an extension of their home. It's just like, these are ideas that were in complete alignment with the way that we wanted to live and we wanted to kind of show our children. Yeah. And so what are some of the things that y'all have done with your kids or the just daily life things different than when you were living here in Dallas? So for the first four months that we lived here, when we were on the medicinal farm, the school schedule is different here. So their summer is December and January. Since we got here in November, we decided not to put the kids in school. So they were home with us. And luckily, we were in a position where I was still seeing nutrition clients, but I was creating my own hours. So we did a lot of like walking around, going to the beach. There's also a ton of rivers and waterfalls. We would go horseback riding on the beach or to a river. And just kind of go to farmer's markets and explore that way. Obviously, like through that exploration of the specific neighborhood that we lived in, we ended up going all in. We had planned originally to just kind of travel for a year and kind of find our spot. And we didn't really realize that we had landed in our spot at the first location here in Costa Rica. You know, Costa Rica, you are able to enter as a U.S. citizen, you're able to enter on a 90 day tourist visa. And so in those 90 days, 
you're free to explore. After those 90 days, you have to leave the country, but you could go to Panama or Nicaragua, or you could fly out. And so I know that the rules are getting a little bit stricter, but we were able to, because they extended that 90-day tourist visa and they said no one has to leave because of COVID. So we were actually able to stay four months. But it's like so much of what we do with the kids is outside. I bring up the fact that like we like kind of really deeply rooted ourselves here because now we've bought property. And so we obviously still go to the beach. The kids are in school now, which is really exciting. We're building community, but we're also building a house. So that's a huge aspect of our weekly or daily life is like going to the property or like planting fruit and fruit trees, you know, for the future or just like checking on the build. It's not all like beach trips and horseback riding to see the sunset, (laughs) but this climate and this terrain really just invites you to get outside. I find myself exercising more just because it's just ridiculously beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. My husband and I both have just been really active. We go to Sunday, pick up volleyball at the beach. I play soccer on Tuesday nights. My husband plays competitive volleyball on Wednesday. It's just like, we didn't have time for any of this back in the States. I don't know where our time went or why it was so hard, but our days feel longer. They feel more full. They feel more exciting for sure. And just kind of in more alignment with being present and being peaceful and slowing down and appreciating the real small things. Yeah. It's crazy too, because I just, the whole idea of like working in order to either retire later in life or working to have, you know, even if you have two months of vacation a year, that's still not a lot considering like how much you work throughout the rest of the year. So like my whole deal in the next five years is to create a life that you don't have to vacation from, you know, like I want to travel and do those things, but I don't want to feel like I need a break. Right. You don't want to feel like you've got to remove yourself from daily life to like really feel those things, whether it grounds you or rather it gives you the relaxation that you desire or gives you a different perspective that can very well be a part of daily life. And our move to Costa Rica has just shown us that. One thing I love seeing, if y'all want to give Ashley a follow on Instagram. I'll tag her Instagram below, but it's fun because you do the fruit Fridays where you show all kinds of cool fruits I've never seen before. And then are you still doing the where you wake up at like 4 a.m. and go to the beach for the turtle eggs? Yes. So I have definitely put I've slowed down as I've gotten busier with work with the new fruit Fridays, but they're still all on my reels and I have definitely tried more fruit than I ever have in my life, just in like the almost year that we've lived here now. But what has been one of the most magical aspects of my life is I volunteer with the turtle reserve here. So on Saturdays and Mondays, a girlfriend and I, we get to the beach sometimes at three, sometimes at 4 a.m. I'm not a morning person, but I'm so excited about these adventures that I just kind of pop right up. 
and we are assigned to a specific beach. It's about eight kilometers to walk the entire thing. And we're looking for tracks, we're looking for signs of nests, and we go retrieve those turtle nests. So we're trying to save the sea turtle population. Because here, it seems crazy, but it's, I'm sure, cultural and you just know what you know. But they steal those turtle eggs and they sell them. And so there are poachers. We try to beat the poachers to the nests and we relocate those nests so that they can have a safe place to hatch. Once those eggs hatch, we do bring them back to the same beach that they were laid. And so like the other morning, I'm like waiting at the beach at 4 a.m. in the pitch black waiting for my friend and she's running late. And I'm like, I hope everything's okay. And then she messages me and she's like, I went to go pick up the park ranger who wanted to walk with us this morning. And there was a nest that had hatched. And so we had to like corral 108 baby sea turtles. And then they brought it to the beach and we're in the pitch black and we're trying to get 108 baby sea turtles to the sea. And then after that, we had to walk the beach to find, and then we found a new nest. I mean, it's just, it's so exciting. Not only that, but it's so peaceful to be up and at the beach at that time and watching the sunrise. And it's so grounding. I found that with that experience, just being so connected to nature, it makes me view my own health in a certain way. It makes me view the connectedness of the human population in a different way. It makes me, you know, like appreciate life in a certain way. It has honestly been life-changing for me. Just something as simple as searching for sea turtle nests. That's so cool. It's amazing. I love watching your stories when you do that. One quick question as we sort of move on to another topic that I wanted to talk to you about. How have you been making friends? Like, because y'all moved there, knew nobody except the herbalist lady that you had connected with, right? That's such a great question because that was a huge fear of ours. Obviously, like in Dallas, we had a unbelievable community. We still have it. And, you know, you and Cam are a part of that. We had other individuals that we saw on a weekly basis. And that was the big hurdle or hesitation with moving abroad. Like, how can we replace this community that we just basically love and live for? And I just can't even like I was laying in bed with my husband last night and he's like, you have really found your people. And he has as well, though, you know, that um, he wasn't as like outgoingly social as I am. However, like he does like so many more social things than he ever did in the States. Everyone seems to be in the same boat. So there are obviously a lot of transplants here. And with that comes people aren't kind of rooted or stagnant in their social circles. And so I find that everyone is just like, hi, how are you? What are you doing? Let's be (laughs) friends. Do you want to meet at the beach? We have a group of friends that they have kids in both of our kids' grades. So here it would be like first grade and pre-K. And that has been awesome because to have siblings that have friends and all of that is just magical. We have met friends through the recreational sports that we play. We've also met friends just in the neighborhood. 
which has been awesome because the neighborhood that we have purchased in is currently, we hope that it stays this way, is a really good mix of Ticos, which are Costa Ricans and expats. And so we really wanted that authentic feeling. We didn't want to live kind of in a suburb in Costa Rica. Plenty of people do it. They love it. But for us, we wanted a little bit more of an authentic experience. And so we've met people in the neighborhood or out and about people here. It's like, if you see them more than once, it's like, Hey, I see you a lot. What's your name? What do you do? You know, why are you here? I've found that like, because we are all living abroad, everyone comes with a different reason why everyone comes with also a way that they're doing it. Obviously, there are definitely people that have businesses in the States or in Canada, and they're totally crushing it. Other people are really like making that sacrifice for their family to live a different life. But I've found that you get real, you get really into the nitty gritty quick. You know, there's not a lot of small talk. It's like, what made you decide to move? How are you making it happen? Are you working? Are you working online? Are you working in person? Like just how are you making it work? How are the kids adjusting? So where there's like, oh, it's good to see you. It's also, you go hard and fast with friends here and it makes it really special to build those connections with people that are somewhat like-minded. That sounds like heaven to me. I'm just really not good at small talk. And especially in the past like 18 months, it's like, I don't want to fucking talk about COVID anymore. I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about small talk. Because you can't ask somebody in Dallas, like, why'd you move here? How are you paying your bills, right? No one asks those kind of questions. What spurred this huge life change? No one asks those kind of questions. Here, it's like the norm. And so where we've been like friends with these people since you know, just for like six months, let's say, it's like we know so much about them. One of our friends just recently got pregnant with their third and they're like dying to tell us even before their family, you know, and it's like, it's special. There's definitely special connections and not that we didn't have special connections in the States. We obviously did. It's just here. I feel like it comes on like hot and fast and that just resonates with my personality. Let's cut the bullshit. Let's get straight to it. I feel like most people are really that way where they don't enjoy small talk. It's just what we've gotten used to and what we have the energy for, I guess. And it's just really hard to like put your ego aside and take your mask off and like talk about vulnerable things and things that most people don't talk about. Speaking of, you and I were supposed to jump on Zoom a few weeks ago and you had texted me. You were like, okay, hey. Tomorrow I got invited to go do this frog poison ceremony. Can we do our Zoom earlier? And I was like, no, go do the frog poison ceremony. And then I want to talk to you about it. (laughs) Okay, how do you get invited to something like that? That's the crazy thing is I don't know that I could invite other than you, anyone in my life to something like that. With like the like-minded, open-minded people that find themselves living abroad, My husband and I obviously had curiosity around all of these like ancient remedies, ancient ceremonial healings. And so I'm sure that we were like seeking it out. Not that people were like, 
I don't know if everyone gets invited to a combo ceremony. So like I noticed something on my friend's body and I asked her about it and she was telling me that it's combo and that if we were interested in it, we would just need like four individuals and that the shaman would come to her house. So that was super exciting. It was also really comfortable. We weren't like going out into the middle of nowhere, having to spend the night. It just seemed like approachable. It seemed less like scary than some of the things, less of a commitment, maybe not scary. I don't find any of them to be like, quote unquote, scary. It's just unknown. So this ceremony is called combo. It's K-A-M-B-O. It's like a healing ritual used mainly in South America. The shaman that we use here is actually got like the blessing from a Brazilian tribe. So it's super authentic. They do superficial burns on your body. It's kind of like a needle point or like a stick point. They're really small little circular points and he'll do superficial burns and then administer poisonous secretions of a giant monkey frog. (laughs) So the poison kind of has a direct line through those superficial burns to your lymphatic system and your bloodstream. And so as it races through your body, it's not psychoactive. It's not a hallucinogenic, but you definitely feel it more as like a vibrational. Yeah. You just like, you feel it differently. I don't know, maybe like if you were high or something like that, but you're having to chug like two liters of water as this poison races through your system. The goal is to purge that water up. And what you purge up is indicative to what you have going on emotionally or physically. So it's supposed to be a incredible detox and healing and cleansing for the body. It strengthens the natural defenses and kind of allows you to unlock physical and emotional hurdles that are keeping you unwell. And you said that part of the process was only like 20 or 30 minutes, because I've talked to several people who've done ayahuasca. And I know that's not totally the same thing, but that we're purging for like hours, but 20, 30 minutes seems doable. Totally. I mean, it definitely takes a level of like a mental aspect of it where like, I love drinking water. I've got my filter here in Costa Rica. I drink tons of water all day. I sweat all day. But like having to be like forced to like down this water constantly as you are puking, you know, there were times that I was like, I can't drink anymore. And I just had to put that thought in the back of my head and just kind of really like breathe through it, muscle through it. But yeah, like, That's another reason why I feel like this combo ceremony is the gateway to all the other deeper ceremonies that they have here in Central and South America. But this one was really less intimidating as far as a place to start. And you're probably purging for 30 minutes, I would guess. It's kind of like all a blur now. But once you're done, you go lay down. And then really traditionally, then you have other aspects of the ceremony. So then that's followed by 
Sanange, which are eye drops where they put that in your eye and it feels like you're going blind. Like you can't even open your eyes because the pain is so intense, but it's supposed to, you know, treat and prevent ocular diseases. I don't know if I said it before, but like combo was traditionally used. People would do the combo ceremonies before like a big hunt. These are like tribal people to just kind of, you know, feel their most vivacious self grounded, centered. And the Sanange was supposed to help them open up their pineal gland and be able to spot their prey easier. I have a question about that as far as I've done a couple of like meditations that help to decalcify your pineal gland. How can you best describe that? I mean, you, you not only like feel almost the physical thumping of your pineal gland, like your third eye, like right in the center of your forehead, you become like acutely aware of your bodily sensations, your breathing rhythms your connectiveness to nature and consciousness and everything that exists in this world. I also felt really aware of things. And it took me so long to kind of allow this integration period where you almost just want to sit in meditation and let it all settle and just become intensely aware of how you're feeling. But then they follow that up with the third aspect of the ceremony, which is rapé, which they're blowing tobacco and smoke up your nostrils. You know, that's supposed to create stillness and ground you, which I definitely felt that it did. But because of during the combo ceremony, I reached a point where I couldn't purge anymore. And they say that that could possibly be like a block as deep as my colon and just unresolved emotions. So the rapé aspect, obviously each aspect builds upon the other. And so during the rapé, it was like, I felt like, I was in my 20s. I drank too much. I decided having a cigarette would be an exciting aspect of the evening. And then all of a sudden you're spinning, like the room spinning. You feel nauseous, dizzy. I think it honestly, for me, had a huge correlation with that emotional block because then I started purging again. And it was like a different color, which indicates deeper rooted emotions. So while you're purging on the combo, clear mucusy could just be inflammation. Yellow could be anger. Green could be unresolved emotions. Black is childhood trauma. Red is that you're not speaking your truth. You're holding back opinions. And so I just, I think that rapé aspect, obviously it built upon all the other experiences, but that set me over. That set me over. It like put me to where like I could barely sit up. Mine would probably be rainbow vomit. It would be all for sure. It would be like that cartoon where it's just like everything. I was actually hoping for that, but mine was mostly clear and it was inflammation, but you are supposed to do three ceremonies in like a month's time. So fingers crossed the second time, you know, I'll get into that deeper cleansing. 
no one wants to be stuck in whatever mode or modality that you choose. I think spiritual growth and physical detoxing and healing, that stuff is exciting to me. You know, I'm a functional nutritionist. So a lot of our friends like don't understand. They're like, wait, you literally had toad poison racing (laughs) through your body. Like what's wrong with you? You know, the risk reward factor for us was quite simple. We knew that this was a tradition and a ritual that has been used for thousands of years. And we were willing to kind of take on the risks of feeling awful and playing that mental game of fortitude to reap the rewards. And I feel amazing. I mean, I, it's a whole different story, but I got bit by a tick shortly after we moved here and I got Lyme disease and I've had friends like cure themselves of Lyme disease through this modality. And my husband was saying the other day, he was like, Oh my gosh, like the lines in your forehead look less pronounced. It's super high in peptides. Botox, frog Botox. Frog Botox. Instead of injecting yourself with botulins, let's, um, let's take toad poison. That's so freaking cool. I know that's not for everybody. Okay, one thing I was thinking of, if anybody is like, whoa, that's too much for me, but wants to start somewhere, A, one thing where I started was starting to go to float tanks because it's like a sensory deprivation and there's like a ridiculous amount of magnesium, but it sort of had that same feeling of the, I mean, it wasn't painful, but this ninja of like when you're blind or whatever and just letting your mind sort of work that out is like a good starting place and also microdosing mushrooms, which I have an episode on that. I honestly think a couple of years ago, this would sound terrifying to me. I don't think I would think anybody who's doing it is stupid, but I was like, oh, I don't know if my body and mind can handle this. And now that I've been experimenting with other things and like microdosing and stuff, I'm like, you become a little bit more open to trying stuff out. And now I'm like, okay, I want to fly to Costa Rica right now and go do this. That's kind of like we, my husband and I, like, especially when we were pregnant with our first, we would go to the float tank all the time. We've obviously sought things like this off, but like, we're not the types to just go zero to 60. We've been picking up these pebbles along our journey. And this seemed like set and setting was perfect, which I feel like plays a huge role in a lot of these healing modalities is where's your mind at? You know, where's your intention? What is your goal? And I, I never wanted to go into these rituals with the aspect of like searching or like feeling like this was the thing that was going to save me. This was the thing that was going to heal all my emotional wounds. This was the thing. More so just like curiosity and going for more of a holistic, cleaner, simpler path, you know, emotional and physical health. And as far as just like the fact that it goes through and deals with your lymphatic system, most people aren't very aware of their lymphatic system and how important it is. Your lymph nodes are what swell up whenever you have some type of virus or infection or whatever that your body's trying to get out of your body. And it's really important to have a healthy lymph system and with the amount of like toxins I mean we're exposed to so 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 many toxins and so 
our lymphatic system is literally like under our skin and yeah, it travels and flows and then it kind of puts toxins or viruses or bacterias or whatever, like in our lymph nodes. But our lymphatic system is incredible. However, it doesn't have like a pump, our heart does. And so to like work on keeping that lymphatic system moving and the toxins draining, this is a very large part of physical health. Dude, that's so cool. So it's been like a week and a half now since you did that. Do you notice any like lasting effects or things over the past week and a half that have happened in your body or your mind or spirit? You know, right after we did the ceremony, we had to like the next day travel because our 90 day tourist visa was up. We have an appointment now that we've met the criteria with buying property and building a house. We have an appointment to apply for temporary residency. However, this year, I guess 450,000 people are applying for temporary residency in Costa Rica. So they're a little overwhelmed. Anyways, I mean, I felt awesome. Traveling is stressful. Traveling with kids adds a different element, especially when it's a quick turnaround. The kids were off school last week, but we just didn't want to kind of like hang out in Florida if we didn't really have like a huge purpose. So we were there only for a couple of days, but I felt like super powered. Like I had to complete some work. I was traveling. We were in a hotel. We were, there was a ton of moving parts and I felt capable to handle those moving parts. I feel like I take really good care of my body and my mind. And so it just kind of like doubled down on that. I feel incredibly healthy. I don't know if, you know, one dose of combo would do that, but it's, you know, it certainly, I don't think hurt. Y'all will do it a few more times to get the full effect. Sure. Yeah, for certain. I think like when you're done with it, you're like, wow, that was a roller coaster of physical sensation and mental fortitude and all of these things where you're like, would I even do that again? And then it like kind of settles and you, reap the benefits and you can kind of feel incredibly grounded and centered and clear. Yeah, I would definitely do it again, depending on what you're dealing with. You know, they say that this could help depression and anxiety, but that might take like 10 sessions. Just baseline is like three in a month cycle. And so I definitely at least want to check those boxes off and keep to that tradition. And then kind of take it from there. When you were saying that, it's almost like when you have a child where you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Whoa. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Okay, I can handle this. And then you like quickly forget about all the pain when you're staring at that beautiful, perfect being and you're like, I would have five. And then (laughs) you have another. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Okay, well, we're going to have to do another episode after I come down and do that. Bring it on. I think like long-term goal, we would love to have a place where people could come experience all that we've learned. And obviously like not just healing ceremonial rituals, but just like we woke up this morning and as we were eating breakfast, we're in a rental house on three acres and a group of like, 30 white-faced monkeys were like all in the trees 
I just so desperately want to like share this with people yeah. and let people know that this exists and it's not always easy. It's not always beach trips and monkeys and sloths. It definitely is sometimes uncomfortable being so far away from friends and family and comforts. However, it has been so worth it for us yeah. just to kind of slow down and spend the time with family and get really grounded in the connectedness of nature and everything. I can't wait to see what, if we do these every six or 12 months, these episodes to see what happened by the next one. I mean, y'all will have your house then, which will be really cool, but. Let's record the next episode together in Costa Rica in our new house, which yes. should, fingers crossed, be done by end of January. So Okay, cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. And just to like even look back on the first episode that I recorded with you, just like how much I've learned from like a nutrition standpoint. It's been incredible to kind of follow your journey as well with your podcast and listening well, and to how the episodes have evolved and you've really come into your own with it all. Well, thank you. It's really neat too to see. I don't have a whole lot of health issues, but anytime I do, I just text Ashley and I'm like, okay, here's what's going on. And then she just gives me her full script recommendation. So if you have anything that you want to solve with a holistic point of view, holler at Ashley. I'm like probably drinking 20% caffeine than I did a year ago because of you. Hallelujah. Because of the adrenal support pills you gave me. And they're all like totally natural, natural yeah. vitamins and stuff like that. And then... I mean, pooping, that's a whole other, we could do a whole podcast. Episode <laughs> but yeah, we could do a whole so episode much. on drainage and detox. Yeah, I was expecting all of this to cost a lot of money, like specialized vitamins and stuff. And it's so inexpensive. So if you want to talk holistic healing and vitamins and herbs and stuff with Ashley, you can. Do you prefer people connect with you at your Hungry Tribe account? Yeah, so it's at hungry.tribe on Instagram. I try to do a healthy balance of nutrition advice, holistic living and Costa Rica. And yeah, so there's probably not as much Costa Rica as I would like, but I try to keep it business, you know, kind of. So <laughs> well, we like seeing the Costa Rica. Um, I know, yeah. I know. Y'all reach out to her on Instagram, send her a DM and let her know that you listened to the podcast episode. Share this podcast episode with anybody you know who you feel like would resonate with the stuff that we talked about. Even if you don't want to ever try the frog ceremony, that's okay. But <laughs> it, that would just be a fun thing to chat about. And tag us on, like take a screenshot of this episode and tag us on Instagram at you do woo and hungry.tribe. And we'd love to just hear what y'all thought of the episode. And our next episode will be recorded in Costa Rica in a few months. Cause I'm going to go tell Cam like, okay, Hey, once we find our land in the hill country, then our next trip, cause we're going to take a trip there soon to check everything out. But our next trip needs to be to Costa Rica. Caroline has not seen the beach yet. Oh my God. She would love it. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I love chatting with you. And I hope that all of you listeners loved connecting with Ashley too. Thank you. Thank you so very much for tuning in to another episode of You Do Woo. 
I know that you already have a very full life and that there are literally millions of podcasts that you could be listening to. So I'm super grateful to you for being a loyal listener. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your favorite episodes with friends and family members. That is how we are able to serve more people and raise the collective consciousness and really get the word out on a bunch of these fun spiritual topics that we're talking about. I would love to connect with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at you do woo, all one word. I'd love to hear how you loved today's episode and just a little bit about you. I can't wait to connect. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to Your Wellness Journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast. 